0: You Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you Jesus. thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. We say, Yeah, to your amen. Thank you, Jesus. We say, Yeah, to your amen. Come on, congregation. Sing with us. Sing with us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Do what you're going to do. Ah, uh, take a hard soul in mine and make it yours. Yes, Jesus, turn my no to a yes. Let me follow you. Oh, come, Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way with our hearts. Wrap your tender arms around us so we may feel the cradling of the Holy Spirit. Help us to give praise with our hearts that emanates from our mouth. Help us lift our holy hands to you, Lord. Let us lift our voices in praise as we worship your name in the message this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the people of God said together, amen. Lord. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There are times I want to to God about his attitude. There are two things that I do not like about coming here. The first is every time I worship with you, my deodorant stops working. How am I supposed to say the men man up when I'm always crying and worship? The Holy Spirit has a bad attitude. I may not finish, is that okay? I want to share with you from the subject, get off your butt. I was going to wait to the sermon, but let me explain something so some people not turned off. I am not an English teacher, uh? but when you spell the word B-U with two T's, it refers to your what? Your rear end with one T is a part of a sentence structure. Get off. Your what? No, no, come on, the dead church. Let's wake up. Get off your Now, when I go like this, y'all say but. When I go like that, y'all say but. Now, let me tell you the problem with Christians. Y'all try to look all innocent like you never said. Get off of your butt with two T's yeah, before. Yeah. Come on, grow up. Let's be real. Yeah. Say it with me. Get off you One more time. Get off you I got to say it again. Get off y'all. Oh, listen. <laughs> y'all don't like being dead. Y'all start off as a dead church. Can I talk to you? Yeah. I just want to focus on verse 36. It reads, Simon Peter asked him, being Jesus, Lord, where are you going? On the surface, the question sounds so innocent in presentation. Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now. But, say that with me. Some of you need to stop acting all innocent and say the word. But, when I point, you do what? Why is they more, you hear me, why is they? You see that English? I'm from the hood. It comes out every now and then. Don't let that butt be bigger than your butt. Come on, work with me. Let's rock. A Bible scholar, student, or even all of us will immediately find three things embedded in this scripture. Am I okay? That's my technical therapist right there. Yeah. First, Peter's question was most appropriate. Second, Jesus' response, you cannot follow me, seems quite inappropriate it was not quite three years earlier that we found jesus sharing these words in matthew 4 18 through 19 while walking by the sea of galilee he saw two brothers simon who was called peter and andrew his brother casting their nets into the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them follow me and i will make you fishes of men now let me hear this They were minding their own business. They were fishing. They were making money. And Jesus comes by and says, follow me. Then you get to John 13, and Jesus said, but you will follow me later. Can I go hood for a minute? What's up with that, J.C.? The third point, but you will follow me later. That's why they sang that song, yes. At the end of this service, I want to hear if you can still say yes. Are y'all with me? Are we okay together? All right. There's an attraction there. Good-looking people are attracted to good-looking people. Come on, let's walk. Let us dissect the content of John 13. 36 and get two things, a deeper meaning of what is going on in this conversation between Peter and Jesus, and what does this text have to do with us today? Are you with me? Our questions, hear me, our questions, I think I put some of this in your outline, our questions often speak to our fleshly desires. Our questions often speak to our fleshly desires, and our faith will always speak to our spiritual needs. I'm going to delineate carefully the difference between a desire and a need. The problem with our flesh is that it will define our desires as a need. Hear me. I need a microwave. I need an oven. I need for your attitude to change, even if mine is crooked. We spend a lot of time talking about needs, but from a materialistic perspective, our needs are no more than our desire to keep up with the Joneses. There's nothing wrong with getting new things if you want, but when we define a need as a want, then our wants become our needs. However, listen closely to the next point. When our needs do not lend itself to Jesus, then our needs, small or large, become an addiction. Stay with me. We in our culture associate addiction with drugs, but there's addictive behavior. No, 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 no. I'm not doing therapy yet. Come on, walk with me. Let me pause here and define the word addiction. I'm going to borrow from Webster. Is that okay? No, if I were there when Webster was writing the dictionary, I would have gave him a little more slang to make the dictionary more holistic. An addiction is the state of being compulsively committed to a habit. The state of being compulsively committed to a habit. If you come to, ooh, excuse me. Guess what? I jumped ahead of myself. I'm going to come back to that. Are you all with me? All right, even if you're not, thank you for saying yes. I love this church. Bad attitude, great church. Peter's question was appropriate. I'm going back to Peter. Peter's question was appropriate because uh, when, he when we turn to Matthew uh, 4, 18 through 20, we see the two brothers, as I shared earlier, uh, fishing, uh, Peter and Andrew. They were at work. In the middle of the day, Jesus called them out to leave their jobs and their source of income to follow him. How many of you, if Jesus said, follow me, you quit your job, quit everything you're going, bring your family, follow me. How many of you going? It's like, yo, JC, I'll see you later, alligator. Stay with me. Stay with me. Now, three years later, we find ourselves in John 13, 36. Let me repeat myself. Three years later, Peter is asking a simple question after following Jesus for three years after sacrificing his job, his life, after putting his family somewhat on hold. Three years later, he asked Jesus a simple question. Lord, where are you going? Come on, my spiritual tech. Don't worry about what they think. And you come on up here, cause this thing, this thing kind of messed my ear up. I'm gonna have an attitude. Y'all praying for me? Come on, work with it. I am clear that Jesus was not raised in Harlem, New York. If he were, his response would have been, "Yo." For those of you in um in the rich neighborhood, that means. Hey, yo, homie, are you going to follow me or not? What's up with all the questions, homie? That's the hood version of the scripture. I can do that, <laughs> but it's helpful to realize that at this point, there's a hidden purpose, a reason behind every question. <coughs> And, then, and at that moment, we're going to, I'm going to speculate what was behind Peter's question. Peter's question, for me, had three parts. One, like us, Peter was looking for assurance in his question. People understand this. There are a lot of times people would ask questions. We get upset about the question, but they're just looking for assurance. Peter was looking for assurance, which requires faith, not information. See, the problem with uh, a learning is we think the more we read, the more information we have, the more saved we are. That's not biblically true. Information is good. Information is not faith. Peter was looking for assurance through information, not faith. Two, Peter was looking for validation, which requires self-assurance that comes from self-love. The Bible says self-love is biblical. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Now let me say there. I want you to hear this, Christian. Some of you are going to say, you know what? If he's coming back, I'm staying home. Good. I got you right now. Let me finish this. There are people who act a nut in front of you and we get all upset about their behavior or, or people always talking and we get mad about them talking. See, they, they have a need. They have a need. And part of their need is for you to have patience and to listen. Our ability to listen may be God using them to teach you patience. And we wonder why we don't have the gift of the Spirit. When they are exposed to us, we dispose of them. Come on, rock with me now. Come on, rock with me. Yeah, there are people, and I have a saying. I sometimes talking to people, and I ask them about the moon. They tell me about the galaxy. How's your mother doing? Well, the children's fine. My mother's doing this. She went to the hospital, but my daddy was hanging out with the dogs in the park. I didn't ask you all that. (laughs) Are you laughing? It's legal. (laughs) Are y'all with me? But I understand who people who take me in the galaxy have a need, and they have a need for you to listen Don't focus on them. Focus on what God is doing with you. I got one more point. Is that okay? I got to ask my therapist. Peter wanted to know if he was going to fully give himself, what was he going to get back? The problem with Peter is the problem with us in relationships, marriage, what have you. We get in relationships wanting to know more clearly what we're going to get than what we're going to give. The kingdom of God is the understanding that what I get is from God, and what I give is what God has given me to give to you, whether I like you or not. Are y'all with me? I'm glad there's carpet on this floor, because if it wasn't, I'd probably kick my leg up and slip. I'm so happy. Come on. Are y'all with me? Mr. Ross, you've got to stop that. <laughs> our questions often speak of our fleshly desires and our faith, as I shared earlier, speaks of our spiritual needs. There's a difference. The problem with our flesh is that it would define our needs as a need. It would define our wants as a need. And I list some of the things things we want, we say we need. You don't need them, you want them. Now, let me go back to addiction. And addiction, I said that earlier, I'm coming back. Addiction is a state of being uh, compulsively committed to a habit. Now, let me share an addiction today. Can I share an addiction with you all? As a pastor, can I just share a secret with you? Shh, stay with me. As a pastor, I remember the first time sitting down Someone coming in my office. They were mad. Guess what they were mad about? S- somebody was sitting in their pew seat. <gasps> That's sacrilegious, isn't it? Send somebody a pew seat. What's up with that? That's a social addiction. And there are people who left church over their social addiction. Matter of fact, I want to invite y'all to do the same thing. I can tell. I've been to this church several times, and I can tell everybody's going to sit on this side before you sit, and everybody's going to sit on that side before you sit. You got an addiction. You don't even know it. (laughs) You don't even know it. See, with drugs, you know. Socially, y'all smiling. Man, she's sitting in my seat. I'm mad. Are y'all open to doing that switching next week? Are y'all open to doing that? Let me tell you something. If you're not open to switching, you're you're not ready to follow Jesus yet. If you can't change your seat, you can't compete. (laughs) Come on with me. Come on with me. Come on, skippity dude. Get off that seat. Now, I want you to understand, I'm a teacher. I tell you what to do. I don't do what I tell you what to do. I tell you what to do. I'm going to sit in my same seat. No, no, I'm going to switch next week just for y'all. But you hear, I'm, I'm joking, but you hear the serious point there? Yeah. If you get getting upset, somebody just sitting in your seat, what are you doing at home? What are you doing at home? Personally, I like when you fight because I make money off your fights. That's right, I'm a theorist. It's like asking funeral director, how's business? Business is great. That means people dying. Dr. be out of house business. It's really good. I preach that kingdom in the and I don't even have time for myself. Those little things matter. You have an addiction. Look in the mirror. Give it to Christ. Are you all with me? Can I continue? Some of us addicted to food. Some of us addicted to habits. Some of us addicted to giving in our own ways. You know, we, we bring up children. We think we're loving them by letting them do whatever they want. That's not love. Love have boundaries love has boundaries i remember when i got out of college hold up, hold up hold up hold up hold up don't clap yet i'll get happy and then i'll get off the message <laughs> when i was in college the first time i heard about an open marriage what open marriage that means you, you you can sleep and do what you want to you just stay married that's not love love has boundaries but the boundaries are healthy boundaries loving children is giving them a guidelines restrictions. Kids don't have, have, less. a lot of adults don't have healthy boundaries. What do you expect children to have healthy boundaries? Can I be honest with you? Yeah, I know some of you don't want me to come back. That's okay. I don't like crying in front of you anyway. So, listen, so <laughs> I, you have to have boundaries, but boundaries start off with you. Boundaries start, I, everybody, I, ca- I counsel therapists. I, I counsel. Remember, I failed the fifth grade. You Remember? But but one thing I decided to do when I serve the Lord, I want to learn. I read. I teach people about what they think thinking before they tell me what they're thinking. I'm good. I'm humble too. <laughs> stay with me now. Stay with me. You have to work on you first before you can work on anybody else. And many of us are not working on us because we're blaming everybody else. Come on with me. Let's rock, y'all. Let's rock. Let's rock. Anytime you say. But, this is a good time to ask, where is God in this situation, especially serving the church? If faith is lacking, then any time we say but, as we used to say in the hood, it's time to pause for the cause. See, none of y'all could complete that because y'all ain't from the hood. I'm good with that. No, don't even try to act like you know I'm talking about. You busted. Faith will always turn our butts to Christ. In Matthew seven seven, it says, "Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be open to you." How many of us prayed for something and did not get what we asked? Stay with me now. So <coughs> To unfold the issue, we need to separate the uh, <coughs> we need a separate Bible study. I need more time to really dig into that issue to, to talk to you about that. Uh, but let me offer a synoptical reality here. The issue is our prayers are about our fleshly desires, not our spiritual needs. I remember when I was in seminary and first heard that, I had pastors. Are y'all with me? I had pastors praying for a Cadillac after reading that. Pastors. Pastors, praying for the Cadillac after reading that. Many of our prayers are about our desires, not our spiritual needs. And you wonder why your prayers are not answered. nigga asked me to say it again. I normally don't do that. But if she doesn't sing, I'm lost. Our prayers are not answered, basically, because our prayers are about our desires, not our spiritual needs. Do I really believe in heaven? Many people don't. You know why? I have said to my family, and I'm saying to you, if I am on the deathbed, wrestling between life and death. Don't you pray for me to come forward. I want to move on. What is the purpose of praising God if I don't believe in God and I don't believe in heaven? Deathbed, getting close to it, speak to your real faith. Many of us don't have faith. Oh, am am I going to die? What can you do to keep me living? And then I've been, I, i work as a spiritual director for Trinity Health. There were people who who were in the coma and the doctor would say, if they come out of the coma, their mind would not be the same. They would not, there would be a whole different person. I don't care, get them out. Selfishness. Selfishness. Matter of fact, I don't mind telling my wife if I'm close to the line, kick me over. I'm good with that. Because I, listen, I really believe in Jesus. My issue is, what's Jesus' problem taking so long? And we get, oh, I believe in Jesus. I'm jumping over pu- Hallelujah and praising God and doing all this stuff, and we get on death <laughs> I see Jesus, really? Are y'all with me? Can I come back? I like liars. Good. Y'all are great. Y'all do it well. And I believe you too. Who put this water up here? I know I'm to drink water. Oh, you blaming her. You told her to put it up here. <laughs> That's a real man. Who did this? <laughs> and he ain't even married to her. <laughs> are y'all with me? let's walk, let's walk. When we are praying for spiritual needs, then our prayers are about what Jesus wants, what Jesus is going to allow and not allow, not about what we want, because in true love, our desire is what is best for the love of God and our loved ones. I share with you about, as a spiritual director, how people are life support and we still, uh, and not only the bills right, rising up, and, uh, and you know why people do that? Can I do therapy just for a minute? People want to live mostly out of their need, not your need. I have unfinished business. I didn't apologize. We didn't resolve this. We have all these subconscious things going on, and we want them to stay on for us. You are so selfish. You know why I like preaching out of the church? Because the members are going to say, I'm not going to tithe next week before you didn't, because what you said. I don't care if you don't tie; You don't pay me anyway. <laughs> and if you did, I wouldn't accept it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. It's your needs. That's the only problem in death, but it's a problem in life. You look at every marriage, every family, every relationship. It starts from childhood. It's about me. And it ends in adulthood. It's not about you. My love for God is about God. I live that love out with my wife. I give. I think this is my, can I get personal here for a second? My wife is here. I'm going to ask her not to respond. I think in my marriage, I give 90, she gives 10. I'm smiling because I'm going to be in the doghouse. I'm okay with that just as long as it's an hour. (laughs) But it doesn't matter how much she gives. When you start counting how many dishes were washed and you're going to wash that, the marriage is gone anyway. It's gone anyway. The relationship is gone. It's about what we give, not what we get in love. One more thing, and I'm done. You ready? I'm done with the therapy. Whenever I sit with a couple interested in getting married, my advice is never, ever, ever, never. Are you with me? Say it with me. Never, ever, never, ever. Say that with me. Never, ever, <laughs> never, ever. Never marry somebody you can live with. That's a want. Only marry someone you cannot live without. Come on, thank Come on let's say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> you know I can tell people who happily married—they get all snuggle close. To each, Stop it. We in worship. <laughs> Wait till you get home, man. <laughs> okay. While Jesus, to my Peter's question was a good question in the flesh, it was a bad question in the spirit. Peter's question was not about a dedicated discipline of following Jesus Christ. Ooh, okay. Let me close out. Give me 15 minutes. Close out. I didn't realize what time it was. Stay with me. But it was about his convenience. This takes us to Jesus' reply to Peter. Where I'm going, you can follow, excuse me, you cannot follow now. The Bible does not tell us what Peter's emotional response was. So I'm going to take unsolicited privilege to project our feelings on Peter. I can feel Peter saying in his mind, for Christ's sake, J.C., you got to be kidding me, homeboy! When we met three years ago, I a fine fishing business. I gave up all I had to be with you, homie. I had a wife to support and friends and a profession that was good. I was good at. I gave up all these things for you because you asked me three years ago to put it down and follow you. Come on, JC. What's up with that? I hope you feel sorry for Peter. No. <laughs> There's always one person from the hood that got to speak out. <laughs> Let us return to scripture and then we're going to invite the whinings in here for a minute. Y'all didn't know I had the whinings coming in? You didn't know I had that cloud, did you? Y'all think I'm playing? Okay. Stay with me, doubters. I got your doubts. In Matthew 8, we read about the symptoms of the butt. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. This disciple was saying, in essence, I will follow you, but let me take care of others now and do it another way, and I will follow you tomorrow. Tomorrow is nothing more than a but. I am going to invite the Winans, as I said, to help us to understand the concept of the but when we're talking to Jesus as they talk to us about tomorrow. Come on in, Winer. Rock with me. Come on, come on. Don't hold up on she me. Come on. Sing it. Your needs. Needs. Come on, ladies. Come on. Come okay. oh. on. Tomorrow. Come on. You feel it? Oh, come on. Tomorrow, I
1: Come on, come on with it tomorrow. Who promised you tomorrow? You better choose the Lord today. But tomorrow, very well, might be today. Mm -hmm. Jesus said. said I will tomorrow. Come on, come on now. Jesus said I am he who supplies all your needs and you said I I know but tomorrow. Come on! Come on! Tomorrow, who promised you? Come on! Go ahead, finish it out, Come on! Come
0: on! Today, yes,
1: yes. Come on! Come on! Come on! Tomorrow, on! Come on! Come
0: on! Come on! with me? Can I bring it home now? It Let me bring it home. Come on with me. Let's bring it home. Tomorrow, tomorrow is nothing but another but. Yeah. Tomorrow is nothing but a but. Let me fix it up. Let me fix it up. Let me fix it up. Y'all ready? Let's bring this home. Let's bring this home. I want to elevate the butts and get us out of that. Many people, these are things people say and do. I will join the church, but I'm too busy to get involved in the church. Do you know 80% of people who are worshiping this morning have in church, have a relationship, members in church, but just come Sunday morning, sit in the pews and leave? 80%. But I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today. If you're part of this church or thinking about part of this church, you'd be glad you have Pastor Duran. You're not coming in here. Matter of fact, part of the membership orientation is committed to something. I'm not ready to be committed. You're not ready to join. How many of you at home, you have kids? How many? Say I have kids. How many of your kids come home just to eat, belch, and leave? <laughs> as funny as it sounds. That's what we do son, every day week in church. We eat the word, we belch, and we leave. Are you with me? I'm just trying to be real with you. I'm pr- I want you to hear from my heart. I don't want you on your deathbed wrestling about not going over because you have unfinished issues. Your relationship church is unfinished issues. It's not about Pastor Durham. Now, he's one of the best pastors I know. I pastor people, I mentor pastors from all over the world. I'm serious. He's one of the best pastors I know. It's not, yeah, go ahead. It's okay. It's okay. These are the only pastors I meant that can talk back to me and slap them sometimes. It's not about Pastor Duran. It's about Jesus Christ. If Pastor Duran went to heaven next week and you stopped coming, you weren't following Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that to your church. I say that to my church as well. Don't follow me. You follow Jesus. I had churches I couldn't even tell people I was going to be gone because half of them wouldn't be there. And I felt terrible about that. Are you with me? Let me get through these butts and close out. I would, I would go out, excuse me, <clears throat> I would get out of my seat and praise the Lord, but I would not look spiritually cool. I don't want to get up and praise the Lord. I don't want to raise my hand. Matter of fact, even in the early pastor, as a pastor, I, got, I had my master's degree. I thought I was something else pastor called for a, a pulpit prayer, I wouldn't come up, because I'd be worried about what people think. I was not walking with the Lord. You hear me? If I invite you up for prayer, everybody in this church need to be up, and p- I hope that we get so close that when you leave that door, you say, you know what? Bobby Jones' breath stink, but I enjoy praying. <laughs> you ought to be that close with each other. Let me finish. Lord... that's one of those people that at midnight tonight, she's going to bust out laughing because she's just going to get the rest of it. But, Lord, when the pastor invites us to the altar call, I would go up to the altar. But if I did, what would people think? I would tithe, but I have too many bills. Not my fault that I bought that new car. Not my fault I had a pump by that, Not my fault. To have all these bills. I went on vacation. I had a nice job, but I still have 3000 I need to pay for the vacation. I'm done with I can't tithe yet. Jesus, you just hang around, be my best friend for about 10 more years. I think I'll tithe then. Are y'all with me? Can I tell on myself again? God, I was my master. You know who taught me to tithe? That woman right here. That woman. Don't you clap for my wife. <laughs> I mean I didn't say it to her. I was a pastor. She said, uh, sweetheart, uh, and we, we were not making honey. I'm anything. Miss, uh, holly anything. You know, we we gonna we need a tie. It. What? We need a tie. It. <laughs> what? I just smile, what? You like I'm playing, but I was serious. You, know, if you be serious, and you try to smile it off. What? <laughs> what?
1: <laughs>
0: we going my wife. Hold on, time out. Are you laughing at me? Oh, that's cold blood. I'm going to talk to my homie about you. Listen, but my wife taught me to tie. Three years of academic education to be the pastor. My wife has not stepped foot in a seminary, and she taught me about tithing. You ain't mainly my message or my wife? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Hey, it doesn't matter. You better receive this, your wife. <laughs> Let me finish it. Can I finish? I will marry you, but I have to do my thing before I can do our thing. Don't get married. I will comfort you, but you have to comfort me first. You'd be surprised how many adults are nothing but children. Yeah. I was a school counselor. You know, I was uh, in elementary school. The two kids in elementary school had a fight. And guess what? the first thing they say? He hit me what? <laughs> That's why all of y'all know I'm talking because you've done it. <laughs> and we're no different when we get adults. Yeah, I'll show a favor to you if you do it first. Now, woman, I don't want you to hug me after service. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to speak to the men. Men, I'm going to unfold this. One day I'm going to have your pastor that have me do a men's conference. Then I'll do a women's. Men, let me tell you what headship is from the Bible. Headship is servanthood. As the head of the house, I should, if we have a 70-40 70-30 relationship, I should do the 70. I'm the servant leader in my house, not the dictator. I take care of my wife before she take care of me. Matter of fact, I told my wife, if I'm sick and I have a headache, leave me alone. I just want to be alone. <laughs> my wife, if I'm sick and I have a headache, you bring breakfast in bed. I'm good with that. And she'll get breakfast in bed. I will take care of my wife. If I expect her to do what I act for her, then I, what she does for me, then she's the head of my house. I'm the head of my house. I will take care of that woman till I die. Man. Come on, you with me? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed only ladies clapping. What's up with that, homies? <laughs> <laughs> are we okay, <laughs> man? Are we okay? I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do all. This. I'm going to stop. This is called app. Let me just say two more things. I'm not. And then I'm going to stop. I will follow you, Lord, but I have to. You have to show me what's in it for me. Uh, I will. Um, I will be the spouse, the best spouse, but I would need her to go first or him to go first. I believe in God, but God said Sunday is a day of rest, so I think I need to sleep in. We need to get rid of. <laughs> My wife is telling me, she so you got to get off your butt. You got to get off of your butts. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Give our life to Jesus Christ. It's not about butt. It's about Christ. When you're saying but to commitment, you're saying no to Christ. Because our commitments, our butts always lead to Jesus Christ. Always lead to Jesus Christ. If you say but and it leads back to your comfort, I want you to know you're wrong. If you say but, if it leads back to Christ, then you can't be wrong. They have to lead back to Christ, not according to your definition of headship, but according to the biblical definition of servanthood. And that's why the Bible talks about not only men the headship, but it talks about serve each other. Serve each other. You're giving all to each other. Get off the butts. Get off your, butt. Are y'all get off your butts. Yeah. Are you ready to get off your butts? Are you ready to so get off your butts? Say, I will get off my butt. <laughs> oh! <laughs> if I can just praise Jesus, I will get up my, oh, if I can just call his name, I will get up my, oh, if I can just be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop there because y'all are getting happy. I see married men leaning over and young people leaning up. I see the Holy Spirit. that I'm going to stop. But, I'll be back. (laughs) Let's give God a hand. I want to pray with you and close out. Before I pray, I want to encourage you. Start today. Tithe. It's not about what the pastor drives. not about what they do. It's about your relationship with Christ. I want you to tithe. And if you need help, call me. I'll put my wife on the phone. <laughs> give it to Jesus. Trust Jesus. Can I pray with you? Men, I want you to stand up. man, man, man. come on. We don't have all day. Come on down here. Come on down here. I'm going to do something you're not used to doing. Listen to me. Come on. Come on. I want to pray and close out. Take that. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Ladies, give these men a hand. Come in, let me ask you a question why I love you so much man why I love you so much I want to pray over them I want you okay I'm gonna leave them alone I'm leaving them I want to pray over them let me say this let me say this ladies pray for these men, whether they're yours or not Satan wants to destroy and I got a song after this we got a song you want to go back to your seat I want to pray for you. Satan knows that if he can destroy you, he can destroy the family. If he destroys the family, he can destroy society. If he destroys society, he can destroy the church. I want to pray for you. If you like me, you're not perfect. If you like me, you have brokenness. If you like me, you don't have it all together. If you like me, you're struggling. Are you like me? We don't have it together. I don't have it together. All the schooling I've been through, and I still don't have it together. But what I have is you. And we have each other to be committed to pray for. I want to pray for you. I want you to have a seat. They're going to close us out with a song. Father, I pray for these men. I lift up the name of Jesus Christ. All of us are broken. All of us have brokenness, whether it's born into sin or our father's absence or the hardships on life that have pressed against us. All of us have gone off the road towards Calvary. All of us have stumbled. All of us have stepped on the rocks of life. All of us, Lord. And there were times at night we were bleeding and nobody saw the blood dripping. There were times when we were hungry and nobody fed us. There were times when we fell and we wished somebody would have just held us, but they talked about how long we've been down. Lord, help these men and me to stand up Help our spouses to pray for us, to love us, to forgive us. Help us, Lord, to forgive ourselves. Help us to be the man of God that you have called us to be. Help us, Lord, know that we don't have it together. That's okay. That's why we need you. Help us to stop talking about each other and walk together. Help us, Lord, not talk about you. As long as we're not talking, as long as we're talking about you, we're not talking bad about each other. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to pray for these men of God. Bless them, Lord, as we break rank. May we not break from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Men, please Give these men a hand. Please be seated.